Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the You Can Do It Too podcast by Mamba Inspire. I am Mamadou Balde, I'm your host. The purpose of this podcast is to both showcase black excellence and increase awareness of the multitude of career possibilities out there for up-and-coming black professionals. This podcast will assist in breaking stigmas, barriers, and helping black students believe that they are smart enough to be future doctors, engineers, educators, and entrepreneurs. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have an amazing guest, a big brother of mine. Emeka, he was a senior in mechanical engineering when I came as a freshman at UT, University of Texas at Austin. He was definitely one of the few people I looked up to when I came in. He graduated right away with a mechanical engineering degree from UT Austin. And since then, he worked for so many companies, including Baker Risk, Oilwell, Apple, Amazon. Now he's at Google, right? He's now a product designer, uh, a product design engineer. And before even that, before he even got a job, he racked out so many internships, man. He had cops. He left school to go work for a little bit and made money. Man, this is an amazing guy. A guy who came from Nigeria right after high school and started college in Austin, University of Texas at Austin. We definitely gonna learn a lot from this journey. Tune in. Right when I was coming in at UT, you were coming out. Uh, we talked a little bit in the beginning, definitely got your advice a little bit, but you, you just left and started working the big jobs. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I kind of miss my UT days, uh, to be honest, especially now where we're just, you know, stuck inside. Um, I, I, I miss I miss the college life. You know, I miss... Yeah. I miss I, I miss learning in a college environment. You know, it's a little different uh, in, out in the workforce. I mean, you've wow. had some internships, so I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. Are you working from home right now? I know everybody's at home. Yeah, I am, yeah, actually. So, um, I mean, we've been working from home for, I don't know, man, I think it's like since like April, maybe April or March. Um, mm-hmm. But But we... Like for me in particular, working in hardware, I have to go into the office occasionally. So, uh, so I, I, didn't, I mean, I'll say in, like in the past few weeks, I go in like maybe once or twice a week mm-hmm. uh, just for some, you know, quick testing, prototyping, something like that. Um, and then I've been getting regular COVID tests too. So that's kind of kind of nice. That's amazing, man. I know, I, know, I know it's expensive right now. Actually, I'm trying to get some tests for my parents right now they're about to go back home uh in guinea and oh. they require they are requiring a test like three days before you depart and stuff like that which is crazy because nobody it's like three to five days nobody's giving three days uh, wow wow yeah it, it's that's kinda, amazing it's kind of weird because like i mean i, I guess this actually kind of shows like a lot of the inequality that you have in the u.s because yeah. i get my test in like a couple hours like, I get yeah. the results in a couple hours. Yeah. Uh, and, and when I look at the slots of, like, you know, people signing up for COVID tests, it's never full at the clinic wow. I go to, right? Wow. But then I look on everywhere else, and people can get tests in weeks, you yeah. know? And it, I don't know. It's just really emblematic of the inequality in America. And it's sad because it's a pandemic we're talking definitely. about. Definitely. Definitely. It's a big deal. But um, anyways, yeah. <laughs> 
that's, that's nice though that they um so they're they're good they're gonna be able to travel uh right yeah, now they finally opened up uh, the barriers. I know it was closed for a long time. Uh, they've been stuck here for four months, <laughs> which is crazy. Wow. But they're wow. finally about to go back, right? And uh, I think there is two types of tests. I think the test that you are taking is the rapid one. There's one uh, that is the PCR one. That one. No, my, mine's a PCR. That, that's why I'm wow. even, like, even more surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I read all about it, too. Uh, yeah. And, and it is it is wild. Like I mean, if you think about it, early on in the pandemic, you had all those celebrities who mm -hmm. get tested without any symptoms yes. when healthcare workers couldn't get tested. Like I think Definitely. it's just it's the same thing, you know. Like Definitely. really, yeah. It, it's Definitely. sad, but it's real life, you know. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Talk about work. So right now you work at Google. Uh, you, can you tell us a little bit about what consists of your job there right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I uh, work as a product design engineer uh, in the augmented reality space uh, at, at Google. Uh, prior to Google, I was at Amazon, pretty much doing the same thing, but mm -hmm. just different products. I was working with more Alexa products over there. And so in a nutshell, like, you know, the product design engineer role is uh, I'm primarily responsible for designing and, you know, producing physical hardware competing, computing products and mm -hmm. taking it from concept all the way through to mass production when it's in the hands of users. You know, that entails like, you know, all the way from like when we're initially talking about early concepts and I get to sketch on a whiteboard about like mm. speaker is going to go here, uh, antenna will be here, you know, the display is going to occupy this space. Um, and then just making some quick prototypes that you just give a user to try out early, all the way through to when you're actually producing it in the factory. And I'm out there in the factory, you know, seeing issues while we're building products. Uh, and then even when you ship the products to the user, sometimes there's some issues. Uh, and as a product design engineer, you have to take a look at it to figure out like, you know, for example, like let's say you get like a, a speaker product um, and then, uh, when you test it in your lab setting, it works totally fine. But then mm -hmm. a user who is like in a very, really hot environment, for example, you know, uses it in one particular scenario for one song, and then you end up with like some huge distortion issues. Uh, then we have to come in and basically figure out like, you know, is this something in the design um, that's causing this? Is this something mm -hmm. we can fix easily at the factory? Uh, mm -hmm. And then, you know, sort of like, figure out where next to go. Uh, essentially, uh, you, you end up like owning the overall product um, and making sure that like it, it's able to ship to become customers. Wow, that's amazing, bro. From, from Amazon to Google, it's definitely two big companies and usually they are, are competitive, they're competing against each other. How, how did you make that transfer? How easy was that transfer? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, so like actually prior to Amazon, uh, I did, I worked at, at Apple uh, in the iPhone watch team. Um, and, mm -hmm. and I guess maybe I just decided I just wanted to jump around all the big tech companies, but uh, not, not really. <laughs> not really. Definitely. Um, no, no, I, I think it was, it, it, was more, it was more so just like me looking out for my own career goals mm -hmm. um, and constantly wanted to challenge myself um so like one 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 thing that i do a lot is i i i dream a lot mm -hmm. like just you know it's 
kind of weird to say that, but like, you know, I, 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 I spend a lot of time just daydream, daydreaming, you know, like basically wow. thinking I'm here today. Where can I see myself 10 years from now, uh, 15 years from now? Um, and how does that line up with what I'm doing today? Uh, so really it was just like, you know, one day I was like, you know what, like I've really gained a lot of experience here. Um, I know what I would be doing next here. Um, you know, it was exciting and it was challenging. But then I looked beyond that and I was like, you know what, actually, instead, I want to go into this field and I want to try somewhere else. Wow. Uh, because because I feel like that would align, you know, with my overall larger goals um, going forward. But wow. um, yeah. And then, yeah, here I am right now at Google. Wow, definitely, definitely. And I feel like dreaming is something that is necessary for every child. Like, it's amazing to dream. And for when you remove the ability for a kid to dream, it's just you're removing everything, their future and everything. I feel like one thing we should encourage and instill in so many young people right now is you need to dream. You need to dream big and make sure that there's no limit in their dreams. Definitely. 100% Going back, agree. 100% yes. agree with that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Going back to where, uh, so were you born in the U.S. or in, back in uh, Nigeria? No, yeah. So I, I was actually born in Nigeria. Uh, I spent okay. like pretty much like most of my childhood uh, there um, until I graduated. Yeah, I grew up in, I went to high school in um, Lagos, Nigeria. Wow. So yeah, yeah. And then graduated 16, moved here before college. And then, um, and then I, I, and then I went to UT and uh, fell in love with Austin, Texas. Wow. Uh, I want to get back there someday, but um, yeah, but yeah, uh, a lot of Bro, my that's, life. That's Nigeria. amazing. That's amazing. Talk about a little bit about your childhood in Nigeria. I, I know it's very different from here in the United States. Like, First of all, how, what, was, uh, what, was the, what was some system that were set up uh, growing up for you to, to keep, to focus on school, keep grinding academically? And what was the family atmosphere like? Uh, how was growing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, one key part of my just life in Nigeria was just the strong emphasis on family. Mm. Um, so I, so my, my parents, uh, well, there's five of us, five kids. Um, so we already have a big family as is in our nuclear family. Mm -hmm. But then I got my cousins, you know, some of my, you know, some of my uncles have like eight kids, some have four or five, whatever here and there. Mm -hmm. But we all know each other and we're all very close to each other since we're growing up, whether it's like, you know, Christmas time or, uh, you know, whatever, Easter, like we would always get together um, mm -hmm. and really just like ferment that familial bond together uh and one key thing that kept coming up uh us through us growing up is just my parents and my uncles aunts they they would always highlight just sort of like where they came from mm -hmm. and the challenges that they dealt with um and their parents dealt with you know for example uh my granddad he uh he didn't go to college he just he went to high school but he was mm. one of the first few people that went to high school in that wow. village he ended wow. up working for um, one of the coal mines, um, working in, but actually not in the coal mines, but in the actual offices as a clerk. Uh, and who worked for, you know, his bosses were all white men. Uh, and, 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 and all through that whole time period, I think because he could just see the power of education, 
he really instilled that in his kids. Like, you know, I, I remember like when he got his pension once, he gave all of his pension to, to his, his um, son and was like, hey, take this and go to university. Wow. Right. Wow. And, and that's how you got like the first engineer there. Uh, exactly. That's how you got like the first doctor there. Exactly. So, yeah. It, so from a very young age, it's always been stressed that like it's important. Education is important. And it, it, that's just what it is. Like you, you just, you just got to figure it out uh, from there. Like mm -hmm. no one's really asking that we expect you to do X, Y, Z. Well, all they're really asking of you at, at a young age is we just expect you to go to school exactly. um, and learn. That was really it. Um, and, and luckily we also like, I don't, I don't think, you know, I think, I don't really remember us like, we weren't rich, but, mm -hmm. I, but we didn't struggle for like, you know, the basic things like food. Um, we were very frugal, like, you know, mm -hmm. I, I didn't really play video games growing up. None of that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, 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 but I think like it, it, it let us dream. Like that was one thing, like, you know, like the environment just let us dream. And, and from a very young age, I've been dreaming of doing things and I haven't really been held back um, from wow. those dreams. Yeah. That's powerful. Like it's about pushing the limits. I think it's very similar. So for so many kids who grew up, uh, in uh in africa so many african countries very similar because i heard about my i heard my dad talking about uh initially their ancestor was focusing on you to you need to get an education a religion you need to be religious you need to read the quran you need to read you know you need to know your stuff religious but when colonization started hitting i feel like our grandfathers realized that if their kids gonna be the top of the top they need to start really focusing on education like uh, the, the Western world education. That's what's going to get them somewhere. And I remember my dad talking about uh, his dad pushing him to really leave the village and go get an education. So I, as you said exactly, right, the first person tried to push the limit and become uh, the first clerk, right, and then the engineer, then the medical, then the president, right? <laughs> <laughs> right and, and i think that's key that's huge because uh, like really like, the the you know the the one big negative of colonialism is that mm. you know our people have been exploited you know for generations mm. and generations right yes um and i think that's just really instilled in the minds of people who experience that mm -hmm. the the importance of us to really try to like empower ourselves and wow. what's the number one empowering factor you can have? It's education. Yes, you know, sir. If, if you have the same education as that guy who's oppressing you, like chances are at some point you might be able to have the skills and the power to fight back. Yes, you know? sir. So, yes, sir. So, so I think that education has always been just like number one in my mind. Uh, and honestly, like even today, like sometimes I feel un unaccomplished because I'm like, man, I just got a bachelor's degree and, you know, everyone else out there is getting master's and PhDs and stuff. But, uh, uh, you know, what? like, but, but at the end of the day, uh, <laughs> yeah. what's important, though, is that, like, you attain some level of education such that you feel empowered to do what you need to do in this world. Yes, sir. Pushing yeah. your own limit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think I think that's powerful. That's very true. Uh, when did, when exactly did you know that engineering was your journey, what you wanted to do? Yeah, um, I, I would say it was actually pretty early, um, early on. So like as a kid, I've, I've always just dreamed, um, a lot. Uh, and, 
actually really early on, I just love things that like could fly. So like, you know, I, I was wow. fascinated by planes. I was fascinated by just like rockets, spaceships, like anything that could fly, um, you know, even just a balloon. Um, and, and, and then I was like, wait a minute, like who flies planes? Oh, that's pilot. And I'm like, oh, I want to be a pilot. Like that was like my thing from like five years old or something like that. Um, and, and then from there was kind of like, just really trying to like, from a young age, I was trying to really understand like how the planes work. Yes, sir. Uh, and then, and then, you know, I, I sort, I think that sort of like just ended up like evolving into me, sort of just being more inquisitive about the world and about science. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I remember once, uh, it's a very funny story. So like my, there was there was a plane crash that happened. Like it was it was a, it was a small plane, but like there was a crash that happened. I don't, no one died. Um, but um, it was in a rural part of Nigeria. And um, it was, for some reason, the debris wasn't cleared up. And like, there wasn't like any sort of like, you know, like demarcation blocking you from getting to the crash um, zone, mm-hmm. um, crash area. So, and my, my dad actually took me and a couple of my other siblings over there to just go look. Like it was, it was one of those weird things where you're like, oh, I don't think a, a father should be taking their kids into this kind of environment. <laughs> yeah. But, but that was really eye-opening for me because, like, I, I, I'd never been on a plane before at that point. Um, but I, I actually went to go – I got to be in the um, flight deck, you know, and just taking a look at all the controls. And I'm like, whoa, there's so many buttons in here. Like, wow. how do you know what any of these buttons does? Um, and then I was when it was just like, you know what? I think I want to design and build planes. This podcast is about showcasing black professionals who are doing excellent things. But what is the definition of black excellence? Taking what you have and making the best of it. Can achieve things when literally like the whole entire system is designed like in ways that are like is designed to exclude us. It doesn't matter what you start out with. It matters where you go. And then when you go, you're not going just for you. You're going to lead the way for someone. It means excelling at a high level while staying true to yourself and true to yourself and your black. We still are able to, you know, just like go the extra mile or, you know, carry the extra weight that we need to carry just because of society and still achieve the things that we're able to achieve. And paying it forward. That's my definition of black excellence. Uh, on, I was like, I, he actually, I, I guess I don't really want to be a pilot. I want to be an engineer because I want to be able to build things. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I would say that's the genesis of everything. Yeah. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. So you, you, left, you left Nigeria after high school and came to college in Austin. I know you, you say you fall in love in Austin, but what was the most surprising thing that you saw, like, right coming in Austin? I know you weren't used to seeing so many different faces. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll say, like, you know, number one, like, University of Texas at Austin is a huge school. So mm-hmm. automatically, that's, like, overwhelming. Like, it's like, oh, okay, like, where do I fall in this, this sea of people? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... And one really surprising thing was like just how much people loved college football. Like it was really weird to me at that point. Um, and just how <laughs> did you much, know anything like, about it? Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. I did. But like it, it was really weird. Like just the amount of 
of just economy around college football and just how much like how much emphasis that you had on college football and to me especially mm. it was really weird because i knew i knew that the students weren't getting paid you know like it yeah. wasn't like professional professional sports um and then it was also like you know majority black uh when mm. like most of the school was you know like you had like minuscule um, representation of black people and other minorities at ut but then yes, you look sir. at college football and then or like just college sports in general 90 percent right right so that was <laughs> weird to me from the beginning like it was just i just felt out of place because i was like um, um i actually don't really know how to play sports uh, <laughs> i'm just a nerd out here everybody asking you right 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 exactly and i'm like there aren't that many nerds like me that look like me here um yeah. and and it doesn't seem to be like a normal thing so i just felt out of place um wow. from that i would say yeah wow in addition to that i know coming coming from nigeria you spoke english but how hard did you face an imposter syndrome or like any intimidation in these classes especially when you were the only black person in those classes yeah 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 i i mean definitely like you know some level of imposter syndrome because um like like there's there's people who like have that go to ut and have generations and generations of family that's been to ut you know mm -hmm. that they've had like specific programs that they've tailored to them all this time uh mm -hmm. and then they know exactly where they're supposed to fit in they know that they're supposed to join that fraternity over there you know some x sigma whatever white fraternity there exactly uh, and but for me it, it was like it was like first of all like in in the classes like there's not that many people or like i don't think anyone who like their story was similar to mine um and at the same time like i'm also faced with like this this whole like constant feeling of like 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 do i really belong here mm -hmm. um and i mean like like i knew academically i was strong right but for some reason, I think there was just like, you know, some sort of lagging feeling in, in, in the back of your mind where it's because you're not familiar with, you know, the, the, the situation that you're in, you know, you just feel some level of that imposter syndrome. Uh, but I would say the one thing that I always leaned on was, um, was just like kind of, kind of focusing on being myself, mm -hmm. but, but being myself within, you know, like, like, like not, really um in public um that that, that was that, that was the weird part right there because wow. I, mean, I distinctly remember like yeah like in, in high school like i mean i was very outspoken like I, I would talk all the time in in me in classes and was very very like you know really outspoken I, i had opinions and i made them known uh but in a lot of my classes my first couple semester like i actually did not speak up that much wow. uh and and i now that i think think about it i think it had to do with me just like worrying about what people's opinions of me would be as well as mm -hmm. me just standing out because you imagine you're that one black person in this whole big group of um of people uh and, and, and you're always wondering like if i say the wrong thing right now that's going to reflect on like all black people uh, wow so. yeah so going back to uh i know when you were at ut right i'm sure you were like so many fewer there were fewer uh, black people in your classes uh when i was coming in there were a little bit more people look like uh, ut did a little bit better job uh recruiting uh but 
how do you think we should try to recruit black young men and female to come in this PWI school, uh, especially in engineering where we are minority in? How do we make them believe that these spaces are for them, right? They should walk in these halls with head high, knowing that they were supposed to be there. Yeah, yeah. I think I think number one, really, like it needs to start with um, actually attending to like the existing black students mm-hmm. that are in these schools. Like, because I mean, there are multiple times when I mean, I remember like a bunch of black people um, who were in engineering, were in some sort of science or the other, and for some reason, like you know, just didn't make it all the way through. Um, wow. And a lot of times, when you dig deep into like what the actual experiences were you end up finding out that a lot of it a lot of it just had to do with like the environment that they were in just not Mm -hmm. being supported um just just not being familiar with like i mean for example like you've got all these classes that that you know have that rely primarily on like past exams for Mm -hmm. the current exams yeah Uh, and then you've got like some (laughs) fraternities who have like test banks Yes, sir. Uh, of all those, you know, past exams, which 90% of which will end up showing up in this in the current exams. Um, yes, and sir. if you're just not in that group, you don't know, right? And then you're going to do worse in the exam, but that doesn't mean you're, you're like actually academically performing worse. That just means you have less access. Um, you know, that, so I think that's the number one thing. It's like in the universities as they are right now, create an environment that's welcoming um, and supports existing people. That's the first thing. Um, yeah. That's the craziest thing. Like, I remember freshman year, there were this group of friends that I used to study with. Every time we come to class, this guy is sleeping every single minute of the <laughs> class. Then it's time for exam. Show me your note. Give me this. Give me this. Teach me. Teach me. Next day, we do the exam. This guy got 100. Ask him how he doing. He's smart. Like, I'm just smart. Like, I, it, was, it wasn't until, like, sophomore year in chemical engineering, I realized they have exams that, are, that exactly look like the exams. It's just crazy to me. Yeah. And you never know, right? Because, like, who tells you these things? And it's not like people go out there, like, publicizing the fact that they're getting some help somewhere else. Like, no one's out there doing that. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah. But, now you but get I mean, this. other than that, wait, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So other than that, I think it's, you know, also really um, on it, when you when you start looking more at like the pipeline of, of students coming up, uh, then then I think it's 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 a lot more important to like outreach very early. Um, you know, so like I, I remember like, you know, one of the most fulfilling things that I did um, recently was I was working with a bunch of high schoolers um, on, on some sort of science camp, um, all black, uh, well, mostly. Uh, mm-hmm. And and it was it's pretty incredible when you look at the progression from like marginal interest in science and engineering to, oh my God, that is so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you put in the time and effort, that's it's just the time and effort, um, and you really build up that, that um, desire to get into these fields. So I think like, you know, that's like number one. Uh, mm-hmm. And then and then other than that, it was it's also just like making people aware of just what resources there are to be able to go to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember like, I think, I, I think I listened to one of your, one of the previous podcasts where you were talking with someone who 
was also a um, I forget the I forget the scholarship, but it was a scholar uh, mm -hmm. like you were, uh, and and that's primarily primarily tailored to like underrepresented, like on you know less fortunate, you know let lower income people, right? Yes, uh, sir. But someone has to tell people about that, you know. Exactly. You do it. The information has to be very much widely disseminated, and there needs to be more opportunities like that. Because college definitely. ain't cheap, man. I definitely, <laughs> no, definitely, it is not. It is not. And additionally, I also feel like having having a white, all white uh, faculty members, right? right. And uh, these people, most of them have never seen a black person before. Right. <laughs> most of the time, all their childhood life and stuff. They don't even know how to talk to a black kid, right? And you know, many people like to say, I don't see color, but sometimes you have to see color because everybody have different needs, right? Everybody needs to be uh, handled differently, definitely. Absolutely. And I mean, like the interesting part about like education in, in colleges is just more than just your coursework. It's about how do you connect with people? Like you mm -hmm. really form new relationships with people, like whether it's your professors, your TAs um, or your fellow students. And a lot of the learning in colleges is through those connections that you make, wow. and not necessarily just a book in front of you. Exactly. Uh, so I 100% I agree. I think like actually faculty representation is extremely important um, in retention. Definitely, bro. bro you, you are one of the people who were who decided to do a lot of internship and have a lot of co-op. You took some time off school and did co-ops. And those experience you have, you gathered so much experiences uh, from that. How important was that when you were looking for a full time job? Yeah, yeah, uh, super important. Uh, I, I mean, other than just having the experience on your resume uh, and picking up the skills that you need for you know whatever full time job you want to do next, I think it also just helps build your confidence. Like, yes, if, sir. If, if you're if, if you're in an environment doing an internship uh, and you're able to solve hard problems, you're able to like, you know, just exist, just exist in that corporate environment mm -hmm. um, and, and, and succeed, um, you know, and success, you know, is there's so many different ways you can succeed, but I think even just being there and getting through mm -hmm. the whole process is a success in and of itself. So I yes, think it was sir. extremely important. Um, I actually, like I think my internships and co-ops like helped guide me towards exactly what I what I wanted to do wow. um, right outside college. Because I mean, like early on, I, I I wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do. I actually started out in aerospace engineering, uh, okay. and then transferred to mechanical engineering um, at at some point. Where I, mostly because I, I I just don't think I saw that many black people in aerospace, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But man, uh, you, you, you had dreams about, about flying, man, and making, know, making airplanes. I know. No, no, that, that was half a joke. But uh, really, really, I, I, think, I think I went to mechanical engineering because I, I'm, I'm much more, I, I realize that I'm much more of a broad thinker. Um, and, 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 and I think I'm, I'm much more into like larger systems um, as opposed to like one field. Um, and I knew mechanical was going to be uh, much more versatile. Um, you know, I could get into a lot more. Uh, and I, I mean, I still love the aerospace industry, but I think as of right now, I just see way more innovation in tech. This podcast is about showcasing black professionals who are doing excellent things. But what is the definition of black excellence? Taking what you have 
and making the best of it. Can achieve things when literally like the whole entire system is designed like in ways that are like is designed to exclude us. It doesn't matter what you start out with, it matters where you go. And then when you go, you're not going just for you. You're going to lead the way for someone else. It means excelling at a high level while staying true to yourself and true to yourself in your black. We still are able to, you know, just like go the extra mile or, you know, carry the extra weight that we need to carry just because of society and still achieve the things that we're able to achieve. And paying it forward. That's my definition of black excellence. And uh, talking about existing in these places, when you came to Amazon those first years, how hard did you have to work to, to get uh, your colleagues' respect? Like, how hard was it hard for you to just be accepted by your colleagues as a black man? Lesson. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it, it, it's a process. Um, you know, I don't think like anyone like, you know, hits a point where it's like, okay, like, you know, this is full assimilation uh, into a workplace. Like, but what really, really helped me was actually my internships um, previously, because I, 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 I had been through a whole lot um, in, a, in terms of just like uh, challenges from a technical standpoint, from a political standpoint from just like, you know, you know, negative work experiences. Mm. Um, like, you know, I, I mean, I, I can, you know, there's numerous times when I think back to like, you know, conversations that are in clearly like racist, uh, mm -hmm. you know, clearly like, you know, demeaning, you know, sexist, um, you just, just, just like things that, th things that, 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 that challenge your sense of being um, and, and, and just puts a, bad taste in your mouth you know I funny story but I, I literally had a, a a boss who um who literally in a meeting it was a conference call with a whole bunch of other people like mm -hmm. literally farted in my face literally like like I, I I'm not it's not like a you know like literally did that and are you kidding me and, and laughed about it no no, no I'm, I'm not kidding um, wow and, and this was like one thing in a series of just like multiple things that happened that was just disturbing. You and know, he like felt comfortable of, doing that. Wow. He felt really comfortable doing that, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. there's other things that happen, like you know, like when we're in, uh, you know, like just the way he would talk about, um, you know, women, um, and talk about like just assault, uh, literally, um, or like you know, one time he made a comment to a. Uh, a technician that I worked with. I think this was like one of the more eye-opening times that I, I experienced. Like, you know, uh, I was there as an intern, um, an engineering mm -hmm. intern. And Definitely. then, you know, there's this other black person who's a technician. Um, and this black person had like, I think um, they had lost a family member um, only for them to, you know, you know, mention that. And then this guy literally comments something around the line, along the lines of like, oh, were they in a gang? Uh, and, and, and I'm there and I'm like, Every okay. black people I, need to be in a gang. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I, I'm just an intern here, but this is weird, man. Like, this is, this is, this is very, very, like, you know, uncomfortable. Uh, and, 
you know, some of that, you know, I, I think I, I maybe should have, I should have like, you know, stood up for myself a little bit more. Uh, but at the back of my mind, I'm just thinking, I'm just an intern. I'm just an intern. I just need to prove myself. I just need to learn these things so I could take it um, away. So I can take things away from here and then be a better employee later in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of that stuff's abusive. Um, but yes, but I, going through all that, coming out of it, and being able to like still be successful and still get like you know all these additional um, whatever like internships, uh, more like offers for companies, and knowing that like you know I'm not there because like I'm there because I deserve it. Mm -hmm. I think that was like the number one thing that really empowered me. Um, you know, yes, after sir. college, to, yes, to just sir. keep going and focus on like you know doing the work, doing the work that you know you're good at, um, learning and enjoying what you do regardless of what's happening around you because definitely it's a lot of bullshit you're gonna deal with a lot of bullshit no matter what like <laughs> definitely definitely every time i tell myself i'll be ready you just never know you just never know what's coming and those kind of people have ill egos right and securities yeah. and uh they, they just whenever they get in a position of power they want to showcase that they have that power right exactly but, Exactly. It always gonna come back and hunt them. Those people will last usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, luckily, I mean, I think it's very interesting because, like, um, it, it's funny because, like, like, so I, I was there at that internship with another person from UT who was also at that internship, but in a different group. Um, it, it's funny you might even know them, uh, but uh, but one of the reasons why that person ended up like being held accountable is because this other intern saw some of that stuff and decided that he was going to speak up it just happened he was he 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 wasn't black um wow. and and i think the way he had that courage to do that actually somewhat like rubbed off on me uh because i think going forward like the way i started looking at things was a lot more like i do have some power that i can exercise regardless of how this person over there wants to like you know impose their will over me or they want to like use their ego for something like at the end of the day, like, you know, you can't exercise some power, um, like, you know, because, because you're a human being, um, uh, and you have rights. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah. So if, that, that was a really, really very like extreme example. Um, there's, you mm -hmm. know, obviously other things that happen in the workplace that are, I, I heard, I heard, uh, so many experiences like that before. And, uh, I never got that directly yet. <laughs> And every time I tell myself that I'll be ready, whenever somebody do that to me, I'll have some good answer. But you never know. You never know. Yeah. It, I mean, it's funny because, like, like, when it happened, like, you know, and this guy's laughing. And I told my cousin after it. And, and he was like, and you didn't punch him? And I was like, uh, okay, I'm not sure if that was the right answer in that moment <laughs> in the workplace. But I understand. Yeah. Like, I wasn't ready for that. And I think that, like, you know, we can't rule that out. Like you, something might happen in the workplace and you're not ready for it. Um, but I think like, like the one important thing to always have in, in the back of your mind is, is that you got to maintain your integrity, like through the whole process. Like you got to maintain your integrity um, and, and don't lose yourself through yes, it. Sir. No, like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Cause, cause that's all you got at that, in that point. Exactly. It's you're Remember being, who you are. Keep your keep your dignity. Definitely. Exactly. That's right. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So talk talking about talking about those spaces and being ready. I, 
So from since you graduated, you've been in so many those big places, Google, Amazon, those are big doors to walk in, right? And I'm sure you walked in some doors where you, you weren't ready or you, were, you did not feel welcome. How, how did you gather yourself and just decided to stay and make yourself ready, make yourself uh, feel welcome in, that, in those spaces? Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I, think, I think the number one thing to do um, is, is to always keep trying. Like, you know, if you, if you jump in, a, if you get in the door, and there's some pushback, you know, whether that's like someone underestimating you or someone taking away an opportunity from you that you know you deserved. Um, it's, I think it's just important to have some resolve and just keep at it. Just, yes, you know, sir. yeah, try to bust through the next door, you know, yes, see what sir. happens then. Um, and, and I think the other more really, you know, the really important thing to do is to really look out for mentors um and it doesn't need to be like a official or unofficial mentor um yes sir. it doesn't need to be an official mentor it could be an unofficial mentor and 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 just observe what sort of qualities they have and how they're able to navigate the environment because because wow. i think one of the biggest things for success in any workplace in today's world is being able to have those people skills to be able to navigate through all sorts of challenges you know like even if someone you know someone you know tells you that you know you're undeserving of a spot you have you know in whatever committee whatever project um what's important is how you respond to that and what you do next time um so they can like so you can counteract whatever narrative that they have so if they if they say you know, whatever, like you're, you're, you're in some project and they're like, oh, this guy doesn't have experience in whatever, um, quality control. Um, and uh, it, then the next time you're trying to be in another project, have that experience. <laughs> yes, sir. Literally, yes, like, sir. Just, you know, go talk to someone, gain their learnings, you know, have a mentor, um, just, just do all you can to be able to counteract whatever narrative that someone has that you don't belong. Because chances yes, are, they probably don't belong in, with their standards in something else. <laughs> Definitely. I think about that all the time. Sometimes I think about uh, some of my friends in high school, how smart they were, especially in the football team. Like, they grew up uh, poor, right? They grew up in the streets, poor, but they, have, they are so smart, street smart, right? They, they, they have emotional intelligence. And I feel like, that is something that is required to be a great engineer, right? The technical part is something that you can learn. I feel like if they had uh, the, the basic foundations to be able to get to an engineering school and they learn the technical part, whoa, I feel like they're going to be amazing engineers. It's just I feel like there's a big divide. Like nobody tell them that. Nobody show them that emotional intelligence is a big advantage to have in these spaces. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Like I, I don't think I lean more on. Yeah, I think I lean way more on you know just people skills, communication skills. Um, you know, just being able to like like analyze um, people behavior way more than I deal with you know whatever you, you know um, solids and you know mechanics of solids or exactly whatever, you know machine elements whatever like like. You know that's like a part of the job, but that's a part of the job that, to be honest, is like way easier than the emotional intelligence, 
you know, the people skills part of it. Cause, cause that part, you know, like, like there's one constant about work in life is that you're going to work with other people. Yes, so, sir. so yes, sir. you got to figure out that part of it before you figure out even the um, technical skills. And that's the part that's not in books, right? The technical yes. part, you can't find them in books. If you don't know something, you can't look things up. But, right. Right? but how to, how to ask somebody for help when you are, when you don't have, when you don't know how to do your job, that's not in the book. You have to, okay. yeah, 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 definitely, bro. Yeah. I remember the, uh, I remember vividly uh, when I came as a freshman talking to Doctor Moore. Uh, he took, he, he was my mentor and he took me under his wings. And I remember one example he gave was like, uh, Emeka has had this internship with Apple and he took it. Uh, so from the beginning, like you came in at UT, you were hustling hard. Uh, you really push, you got internships, you, you were really successful, right? And you did everything the right way, coming from Nigeria, adapting to the American life, and be, being in one of the best schools in the nation, which is UT, uh, mechanical engineering. You competed and you ended up at the top rank of the school, graduating, right? And that's excellence, right? One thing that I usually like to talk about during this uh, podcast is black excellence, right? Because we are, this podcast is about showcasing black professionals who are doing excellence thing. So I wanted to ask you, what does black excellence mean to you? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think that's key. Um, I, I think uh, I really feel like uh, black excellence is more than just you know some sort of accomplishment. I think it's it's really a mindset. Um, I, I I I feel like it's really in the mind. Um, I, I think. It, like I mentioned before, I think it's important for people to have dreams. Um, I, mean, I think it's important for people to have goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's, I think, I think working towards those goals um, that you set, doing the best you can to achieve those goals um, while being cognizant of your responsibility to the community. I think that's how I would, I would term black excellence, you know, like, like well, for me, I think, Part of me, part of me becoming an engineer, you know, you know, working at all these top companies, um, it, it was more than just me necessarily like wanting to achieve these things. I think a, a big part of it is also like, like what it would mean for my family um, to do that. And as well as like what doors that that opens up for me to be able to help others in the future. Um, wow. Like literally like one of the most um, fulfilling experiences I've ever had um, was when I, when I organized this, um, sort of big summer camp that was targeting, um, predominantly African-American high schoolers. Um, and, you know, we, we, you know, we worked, taught them through, um, science, uh, math, um, and then robotics. Uh, and, and we got them exposure to, I mean, I, I was so excited when we got like, you know, the president of Amazon Lab 126. Lab 126 is the hardware arm like I got them to engage with these kids and like wow. be a judge in their competition like really speak to them and being able to like put them all through all that and have them looking at me in my my position doing doing like what I'm doing and getting motivated and excited about that um, and yeah and then till today like I mean I, I remember one of the kids that I that I was working with um uh messaging me later on talking about them trying to study computer science um, and like, you know, applying to college. And that really warmed my heart. Uh, That's powerful, bro. 
Yeah, and I think I think that's the essence right there of black excellence. It's 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 like bringing everyone up together, um, and doing form. that, doing that, um, you know, while while accomplishing your goals um, as as well. Like I think it's like if you merge both of those things, you know, responsibility to community and your career and your goals. I think that's the ultimate level of fulfillment um, and um, and black excellence. Exactly. It's like the elevator of success. As you are climbing up, right, you are opening door, letting people in, and also sending the elevator down, right? Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if everyone but, comes up, you know, I think it's, it, it's, it, 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 it's, it's like a ripple effect, right? You know, yes, if you sir. bring one person up, you know, or bring another person up, they're going to bring two more people up, and then you end up just like elevating the whole community. Um, yes, sir. And, and I, I, I think that's like the, the best thing we could do um, with our privilege. Because I do feel like we have some level of privilege being in this um, world and in this field. I made the black queen's grace continually mesmerize the millions who couldn't see it when looking into her eyes. And the black man's plight no longer be the disguise. Oppression, emasculation, they want to castracize it. I just want to be me. I just want to be free. I just want liberty, equity, and democracy. I just want to believe in the good of society. I just want to believe that they ain't been lying to me. I want equality. Want no more poverty. I want people to tell you it's more black people in jail for committing crimes. The blacks and whites are committing equally. I want the corporate interest to crumble before my feet. I want them to stop selling your rights to powers that be. I want a third term for Obama we'll never see. No Democrat, no Republican, me. I want unity. I want the righteous voice speaking to my community. Don't listen to what they say and look at what they say to see I want you to know the truth, but for that you will have to see All people are beautiful, but you best know my people are beautiful